<clears throat> looking forward to this wrestling match out in the uh, parking lot. <clears throat> Good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Appreciate you being here. Uh, I was supposed to have been here last Sunday, but uh, due to circumstances, I was not able to make that. Uh, been sick it for about a week and a half. So anyhow... I did get a good report from my lung doctor this week. I'm not well, but I'm not where I was at. So I appreciate uh, what uh, the uh, treatments are, are doing for me. Two words that get thrown around in our news media from time to time. And after listening to the news media give out the words, I'm confident in my heart they've never read about either word. They know nothing about it. There is the word Armageddon. And you hear that every once in a while, is this another Armageddon? No, it's not. And then you hear the word millennium. Uh, what is the millennium? I'm going to uh, try to share with you this morning why a millennium. If you look in the book of Revelation, chapter number 20, some of it will be on the board, maybe some of it will not be on the board. But you'll note there in Revelation, chapter number 20, in verse number 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, you see the word thousand years. And so, thousand years, there is two Latin words that make up that word. There is the word mille, which is the word uh, thousand, and anum, which is years. Three views on the matter of millennialism, and that is there's post-millennialism, and uh, it's a word that tells us, or it's a, it's a group of people that believes everything's going to get better and better, and when the world has reached the stage of perfection, uh, Jesus is going to return and establish His kingdom here on the earth. Uh, that was a view that was very popular up until World War II. Uh, and I think anybody can look at our world today and know that we're not getting better. There are shootings just about anywhere and everywhere. I think Paul summed it up when he spoke to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 12. Uh, where it says, Yea, all that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Then there's the word amillennialism. Several interpretations that come from that view. But the, the primary version is there is just no millennium. There's not going to be a thousand year period of time in which Jesus is going to rule and reign. And then there's premillennialism, which teaches that humanity will continue to generate and the world will continually get worse. Uh, and we'll finally go through what is known as a tribulation period. And Jesus is going to return after that. Uh, he's going to defeat the Antichrist. Uh, and establish a literal kingdom here upon this earth in which he's going to sit on the throne of David and he's going to rule with a rod of iron for that period of time. 
I think the premillennial view is the only view that really makes sense to me. And so uh, uh, I think we need to kind of uh, lean toward that. The millennium is going to allow some much needed goals uh, that has been uh, predicted in the Word of God. He's going to fulfill the Old Testament promise to the kingdom of Israel uh, during that period of time. He's going to allow Jesus uh, to uh, put out all of His glory and display uh, what He is really uh, intended to be in the beginning. To answer the model prayer, where it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, To fulfill the promise that the saints uh, will rule and reign. And and to complete a redemption, uh, a complete redemption of nature. And so I want you just to kind of follow along with me uh, here in the book of uh, Revelation. Back in the year 2000... 191 United Nations members uh, pledged to meet the following goals for the year 2015. Number one, they were going to eradicate extreme poverty and hunger. Number two, they were going to achieve universal primary education. Number three, they were going to promote gender equality and empower women. Number four, they were going to reduce child mortality. Number five, they were going to improve material wealth. Number six, they were going to do away with HIV and AIDS and malaria and any other disease that was out there. Number seven, they were going to ensure environmental sustainability. And number eight, they were going to develop a global partnership for development. You got any idea what they named that? They named it uh, the Millennium Decoration. So to know our world, the Millennium, is these eight things. In other words, uh, if you are a student of the Bible, you know the Millennium is a time when the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is going to rule and reign. It's not a time of promoting gender equality. It's not a time of reducing child mortality or anything like that. I do believe during that time that people will live uh, uh, to be old age again, even up like Methuselah, maybe 900 and something years old. I know the Word of God says a, a, a man will die at the age of 100 and they'll say he's nothing but a child. So I'm looking forward to being a, a child again one of these days. <laughs> All right. Uh, look with me in, Re- in Revelation chapter number 20. <clears throat> Why is there going to be a millennium? Number one, the removal of Satan. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the old dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years or a millennium, a millennium, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. One of those groups in the millennium group believes that Satan is bound today. 
I want to tell you, if Satan's bound, he's on a long chain because he bothers me every morning that I get out of the bed. And so you know that Lord Jesus Christ is coming to earth again in all of his glory, all of his majesty. He's coming to eliminate all the ungodly and the evil that is upon the earth. As I've said before, he's come to establish his rule and reign upon the throne of David. In that time, uh, the earth is going to be filled uh, with the righteousness of God. Uh, And a couple of things that we note that's going to happen. Uh, There's the incarceration of Satan. Uh, It tells us there are several questions often surface uh, about this time. Uh, Who is Satan? Well, you'll read here in this passage of Scripture, uh, and it tells you who Satan is. Uh, In verse number two, he's the old dragon. He's the old serpent. He's the devil. And Satan, and they're going to bind him down for a thousand years. Amen. One day he's not going to bother me. Amen. What a joyful time that's going to be. He's called the dragon, the one who stirs up and causes all the cruelty in our day. Causes the innocent to, to have to receive the things that's going on in our world. Uh, he's the one who causes people in government to behave like beasts upon the earth and, and, and destroy the people and the property of their life. Second of all, he's called the old serpent. This is the one with spiritual power to deceive, to seduce, and fool people, and lead them into sin and evil, and cause people to ignore and neglect God. I think he'll use the same tricks that he used in the Garden of Eden. And the reason that he'll use the same tricks that he used in the Garden of Eden, it's always worked. He's never had to change his strategy. It's always worked in in deceiving people and getting people to involved in sin. And remember back in John chapter number eight, uh, uh, this is not on the uh, 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 slide above, but anyhow, let me read it to you. In John eight forty four, it says, you are, the, you are of the father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he's a liar and the father of lies. Amen? Does he bother you? I look out over the audience here and I see so many innocent faces. I can tell right now that you've got a, a, an angel halo around your head. You're so perfect. But the devil bothers me. And you notice here what it says. <clears throat> the, sweat, the second question sometimes is, Who's going to remove him from the earth? Well, look back there in verse number one. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. The angel, Anglion, messenger, that's what that means. So some messenger from heaven is going to remove Satan from the earth Most believe that is to be the Lord Jesus Christ. And note what it says here. 
He's, going to, he's got the key to the bottomless pit. And back in chapter number 1 of Revelations, uh, uh, verse 18, it tells us there uh, that he has the keys of hell and of death. Uh, and I really don't think he's going to give those keys to anybody else. Uh, whatever the case, uh, the messenger holds two things. Uh, he's got the keys to the bottomless pit, uh, which means he has the power to cast Satan into the abyss away from the earth. Uh, he's got a great chain in his hand, uh, which means that he has the power to bind Satan and keep him from tempting and leading people into ungodliness. Uh, now the third question. How long will he be bound? A thousand years. A thousand years. Uh, a thousand years. Again in verse 2, letter part tells us uh, it will be a period of 1,000 years. Uh, that's going to be a wonderful thing. It's going to be a, a period of time that we know that the devil is going to be bound. He's not going to be able to tempt. Imagine, if you can, the peace and the joy and the other things that the world is going to be able to enjoy when the devil is shut up in the bottomless pits and he cannot harm you anymore. Then there's the incapacitation of Satan. Why is Satan to be bound and removed? Well, the reason is clear. So that he cannot, so that he cannot deceive people and nations anymore. At this present moment, will you agree with me? Sin looks good. There's pleasure in sin for a season, right? Sin looks good. Sin tastes good. There's several things that my doctor has told me that I shouldn't eat. And guess what I have a problem with? The things that he tells me not to eat. And the things he tells me to eat don't have any taste to it. So I'm tempted by the devil to eat things. My wife keeps about two or three jars of Hershey chocolate sitting on a little place there right where I walk by. And guess what that thing does? The lid jumps off of it. And my hand runs myself down in it. And I said, I'm just going to get one. But somehow or another, four or five sticks to it when it comes out. <laughs> Y'all don't have that problem, do you? But I do. Sin looks good. Feels good. Just a part of life. I think Satan's around to arouse our passions toward the things that we should not do in this walk of life. Then notice the second thing. There's the reign of the faithful saints in verses 4, 5, and 6. And I saw thrones, and they set upon them, and judgment was given unto them. Now notice this. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded. Whose religion beheads people? Have we not seen that in the news? Have we not seen those guys with those big knives to take the heads off of people? And it says there, they'll be headed for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast Neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, 
And they lived and they reigned with Christ a millennium. But the rest of the dead lived not again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ. And they shall reign with him a millennium. A thousand years. Notice their role. John says he saw thrones. And he said he saw the people sitting upon those thrones. And they have the power to judge and to rule. I begin to wonder today, is there any really judicial system in our world? I feel for the policemen and people that are in law enforcement. Really do. Because seemingly that the world out there can get by with anything. Beat them up, then go scot-free. But if they were to shoot them or something like that, then they'd send them to prison for defending themselves. I feel for our law enforcement. If you're in law enforcement, I appreciate what you do. If you're in the military, I appreciate what you do. So you notice here, John sees these people. They've got the authority to judge and rule. And, and we know in that day that the judge and ruling is going to be fair. Then we see the millions of believers who have been martyred during that tribulation period. That's the period after the rapture of the church. That's a seven-year period in which the Antichrist is going to make his uh, a commitment with Israel and Israel's going to take that commitment uh, and he's going to rule with them for some seven years uh, but during that three and a half year period of time uh, he's going to reveal himself he's going to come down he's going to declare for them not to be able to offer a sacrifice again and if they're going to do any sacrificing they're going to have to do it unto him and they're going to realize that they have been deceived by this one who's called himself the Antichrist. So there's going to be people that's going to be killed, going to stand for the word of God. They didn't receive the mark of the Antichrist. But notice their resurrection. I don't think it can be said any clearer than what is said here in verses 5 and 6. I think it's clear that there's going to be a resurrection of those tribulation saints. Uh, and then 1,000 years later will be the resurrection of the dead as it's called the unbelievers. So let me say this. Uh, this preacher does not believe in a general resurrection nor a general judgment. And you say, well, I do. Sit down. I'll talk with you. We'll see where we're at. Let me say this. Why is a millennium necessary? Well, God's love. And I think he wants to see more people in heaven. And I think we'll see more people in heaven. Won't that be a joyous occasion? How many of you got a loved one that's already there? You'd like to see them, wouldn't you not? What's going to be your first question you're going to ask them when you get there? 
you know, uh, Mary and I like to travel. We like to go places and see places. And by the way, we've got a trip coming up. If she can get brave enough to drive the motor home. Seems like that happens all the time. I don't know why Alabama is, but I go to Alabama to get kidney stones. So somehow or another, I'm going to detour around Alabama this time. God's merciful. And he's going to give mankind his very presence in the majesty of his glory as he rules on the throne of David for that millennium period of time. He's going to bring peace upon the earth. He's going to bring prosperity. He's going to give health again. I don't know why it was, but the other morning, sometime in the morning, I used to be able to breathe good. But because of spraying certain chemicals and things for the government, I can't breathe good anymore. But sometime early in the morning, I felt like a kid again. I got a good breath of air. And I thought, well, maybe God's healed me. But I woke up with the same old cough in a little bit. So I didn't have that. But imagine, I don't know where we're going to breathe air or not. I don't know where, I know, I know flesh and, and, and blood is not going to enter into the presence of God according to the Word of God. So what kind of body are we going to have? What are we going to have flowing through our body? I mean, you ever just get a good breath of air? What a joy that's going to be. There's hundreds of verses in the Scripture that tells us about the millennium. And uh, it's going to be a great time. And then there's verse number 7. There's the return of Satan and his eternal fate. And when the thousand years are expired, when it's finished... Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Why did God ever let him out to start with? But he's going to let him out of the prison. And he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of sea. And they went up to the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And notice this. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake, not the bottomless pit, but into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Two things I want you to see. There's that final time that is allowed for the devil. He's going to be loosed at the end of the millennium. And he's going out to deceive the nations again. Who are the nations? I thought all the nations was destroyed at Armageddon. No, no. Uh, read Isaiah 66 sometime when you have time. And you'll see there the people that's going to be uh, available during that time. On down there in verses 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. Read those verses there and you'll see some of the nations that's going to be there. 
Gog and Magog, used in a general term as an enemy of God's people. Do you have any idea where they came from? You'll find out if you study the Word of God that Magog is the descendants of Noah's grandson, Magog. And we know that when they scattered, they went up into a place that we know today as the nation of Russia. And that's where they live. And so if you look on your map and you, and you look in uh, the nation of Israel, and it talks about a nation north of them, and you draw a line out of, out of Jerusalem, straight north, and you'll find out it goes right through the nation of Russia. So that's where these people are going to be. So John describes them as a number being a number of whom is the sand of the sea. Tragically, as in all history, many people who refuse to accept the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be deceived by the devil. Fire is going to come down from God out of heaven and it's going to destroy them. And then there's a final torment that's awaiting the devil. Notice what it says there in verse 10. He'll be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, which will burn up in just a little while. Is that what it says? How long? Forever and ever. And ever, and ever, and ever. Is that enough? And ever, and ever. Let me close with this verse. Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. What kind of fire is it? It's an everlasting fire. And how long is it going to last? Forever and ever. So my prayer is to you this morning. Are you saved? Have you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If the rapture were to take place right now, and it could happen before we walk out those doors, do you realize if the rapture took place that I'd be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye? And the clothes that I'm wearing here, if you're not saved and you're sitting here looking, the clothes that I wear today would not have time to fold up and hit on this stage here until I'd be gone. Now you talk about fast, that's fast. That's fast. And I've always been scared of heights, so God's going to have to do something there. <laughs> when I go by those planets, I'll wave. He gets me over my fear, I'm going to come back and visit them. the rapture took place, where would you be? Thank God for salvation. 
Thank God for being able to be born again. Thank God that there was a man that preached the Word of God one night on September the 15th, and I came to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't know what happened. Couldn't understand what happened. But I'm like Chuck. Chuck said this morning, he said when God saved him, he cleaned up his vocabulary. I got a brand new vocabulary after I got saved. Took me a while to learn my ABCs again. But I did. Only one way to go to heaven. Not many ways. Only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Have you made that choice? I trust that you have. If not this morning, I'm sure the pastor would love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Anybody here today that's saved, they'd like to have a conversation with you. They'd like to tell you what Jesus can do for you. How that He can save you. How He can make a new creature, creation out of you. How that you have a desire in your heart to go to the house of God and fellowship with people. I'm kind of like, what was that preacher that used to come here? Um, what? Bill Stafford. Bill Stafford used to say, if God had not done for me what He'd done for me, I could care less whether you went to heaven or hell. But because God saved me, don't you want to go? Don't you want to go? Trust that you can. Father, thank You for this morning. Thank You for the privilege to just once more try to proclaim the Word of Truth. I'm glad what the Word of God teaches. I'm glad that one day, Lord, the devil's going to be bound. I'm glad one day, God, we're going to have a, a time of ruling and reigning with the Lord Jesus Christ. I really don't know what my job is. I don't know what He's going to have us to do during that period of time. If in nothing else but just sweep the streets, that'll be wonderful because it's going to be a time with Him. I pray here today, God, that you would speak to the hearts of those who may be here who've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. How I pray today that the Spirit of God will bring conviction to their heart. And Lord, I pray today that they'll come and they'll believe and they'll accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Nothing, nothing would excite us anymore than for another person to come and know that they've been forgiven of their sins. And we can walk away from here rejoicing in the Lord today. Bless as they sing today. Forgive us of our sins. Help me to walk worthy of the vocation where I've been called. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.